Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. It's been a wild week for me and you, I think, but uh, yes. how you doing, brother? Good, good. Um, we'll just say I saw your future while I was in Columbus. Fuck you. <laughs> all right, so all right, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, inside joke, it's Inside fine. joke, um, yes. But no, things are good. Steve you know. predicts I'll be smoking weed in the broad daylight on the Ohio State campus uh, in 20 years. Yeah, we, uh, no, no, uh, things are good. You know, the new venture is, is, is progressing. Um, it's just got me running all, literally all over the state of Ohio. Cleveland, Columbus, Youngstown, you know, um, soon sure. to be Cincinnati and other places. So things are good. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting week as much as I could, as much as I could follow. Um, you know, uh, you know, starting with the Queen uh, of England, Queen Elizabeth and her, her like funeral procession. Uh, look, I don't, it's not, I don't have a feeling about the Queen really one way or another. Um, you know, as it relates to her death, I think that, you know, the, for, the royal family to me represents a lot of sort of a lot of issues in the world between their their imperialism and their, you know, the, the, the harm that they caused. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, especially on Twitter, to see a lot of the Brits' reaction. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of negativity being thrown towards Meghan Markle because she's there. Um, you know, the, the, the British, they say, oh, it's not racism. She just didn't respect the queen and blah, blah, blah. And she didn't respect the royal family and all our traditions and all that other shit. Um, and, you know, some of the things that they're calling her out on, it's just like, all right, she's just being, she, I mean, she's not saying anything or doing anything out of the, that a normal person would or wouldn't do. Um, she's not even doing anything that other members of the royal family really are or would not, would or wouldn't do. Um, but it's interesting how they focus. She's doing it while being black. Yeah, ex- basically, right? Like, and they're, the, they're hyper-focused on her, and they've got a million reasons why they don't like her and, and everything else when, I, I mean, personally, it's just like, because she's black, right? And even, you know, you got the queen before she died wondering what the baby was going to look like. You know, you got the queen who said that black people couldn't work in certain places in the in the castle or wherever the fuck she lives. Like, I don't, I don't really have much of, I don't respect, I have no respect or anything for the royal family. I, you know, I, I, I like, I respect Harry and William for their military service, for going out um, and living my dream of being fighter pilots. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, they're the royal family and all that other stuff. Fuck that. You know I mean? Like, uh, I, I mean, I'm, you know, could like, not you motherfucker, like <laughs> do they start slavery? No. Did they accelerate slavery? Yes. Did they, you know, are they, they why we had the transatlantic slave trade? Yes. You know, and they'll be like, oh, well, we're the fir- we were the first ones to, to, to outlaw it and abolish it. Like, okay, so you ran it for, you know, 400 years and you stopped it early, but you, you benefited a whole fuck ton a lot from it. And, you know, to try to wave the flag like, well, we abolished it, you know, before you guys did. Then, like, okay, congratulations, you know. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, in the UK, they have their own issues with, with, with race and racism and, and, and uh, elitism and all that other stuff. And so, I, 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 you know, I really don't want to hear it from, from people in the, in, in the UK about the issues here in the US when, you know, you guys do a good job of being really polite and talking about these issues, but in reality, like you have a lot of the same issues that we do. 
um, you know, save for maybe save for the gun violence, obviously. But I mean, like you people are literally trying to get knives outlawed. So um, I, I just really don't want to hear it from them. I mean, rest in peace to you know the woman who passed away. But I, like, I don't acknowledge kings and queens. I don't kneel and kiss the ring. I don't do any of that shit. I'm a fucking American. I'm free to fucking criticize your ruler or whatever you want to fucking call her. And um, like, I, I, I don't give a shit about her royal status, but you know, rest in peace as a person. <laughs> you, I mean, you've given this more <laughs> attention than I, I, I find. I don't want, I mean, well, cause I, you know, kind of got called out on Twitter because someone like said something relatively ignorant, you know, a British person that we don't follow on Twitter at all. They just somehow ended up in our feed because maybe some of them, someone that we do follow retweeted it. And then I made the comment or whatever. Okay, the person, I just, yeah, and then the person, like, okay. the person like blocked me and I was like, okay, well, whatever. I don't fucking follow you anyway. It's not a big deal. No skin off my back. Um, but I just think there's a lot of British people that are showing their true colors with this whole thing and whatever. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the idea that someone is born into a royal family just annoys me to my core. Whether right. it's the Saudis, the Brits... I, I don't care if it's just purely right. ceremonial. And, I mean, like, you don't even fucking run the country. Like, it's a figurehead yeah, sort of situation. Yeah. Like, if you're the king, right, like, you've got, like, the king of Saudi Arabia, but, I mean, like, Noel, he's his own person and a whole other bag of issues and concerns. Like, at least he's running the country, right? Um, and not right, trying right. to do it, like, on the sly. Like, I'm a figurehead, but, like, hey, whisper, whisper, this is what I think about this and that. So... Anyway, moving on to our own issues here in the U.S. Um, We've got a wannabe king. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you got Ron DeSantis and this whole thing with him shipping the immigrants to, to Martha's Vineyard. And, I mean, it, you know, everyone's called it a political stunt. Now, look, are there issues at the border? Absolutely. Um, I think are Biden and, and his administration doing enough about it? Listen, no, they're not, right? But no one really has. Like, Trump made it a big mess of the whole thing. But, you know really wasn't focusing on real solutions. Oh, build a wall, build a wall. Like, listen, you know, we've talked about this yeah. numerous times. In, anyone who, who's actually dug into the real issues on the border will tell you, you know, we need more people working on the border. We need more technology on the border. We need more of the other sort of soft services that go along with immigration in terms of judges and attorneys and social workers and, you know, people to process these asylum sure. claims and all that other stuff. We also have the issues in the countries where these people are coming from that make these countries so terrible that they would be, they're willing to walk, you know, oh, yeah. for, you know, thousands of miles to fucking get there. So, I mean, there's a lot of issues to address with immigration. I think these people mostly from Venezuela. Yeah. These Venezuela people, has been a catastrophe for 20 years, maybe probably right. more. Yeah. I mean, they, now it, it's, it's more recent. I think Venezuela has really been more of an issue for the last like 10 to 15 years. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that their government decided that they wanted to be the top dog when it came to, Oil. Drugs. Oh, well, that too, yeah. No, not that too, that, right? If you want to be, if you want to run the country based off uh, off your oil exports, okay, fine, that makes right, sense, sure. right? But they wanted to be the number one drug dealer in the fucking country and take over the cartels and make it, you know, make cocaine their main export, right? Like, so that's the issue with Venezuela. It's not socialism. It's not their liberal left policies. It's the fact that the government... You know, is one a is, is a fucking drug cartel, right? Like, I mean, that that's the fucking problem. It has nothing to do with social. It doesn't matter what type of government you have if your government decides that they want to be the number one drug dealer in the world. And so that's why you have your issues in Venezuela. And, and you know, so you had those people. Now, those people were processed, um, seeking asylum. 
And I'm not sure, and a lot of people are not sure on the details of how DeSantis even gets involved with this, right? Florida and Texas, while they may align politically, geographically they don't. So, you know, DeSantis decides to stick his hand, hand in this, right? Stir the pot, you know, get the people from Texas to Florida, fly them to Martha's Vineyard to make this statement, to make this point. And he got what he wanted, right? You know, for him and, sure. and, and everybody. It's, an, in the it's an own the libs move. Well, right. It, own the libs move, but to them, there's no such thing as bad publicity because anything that, anything that, anytime you criticize them, right, they're just like, oh, the media is, atta- the, 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 the liberal media is attacking us and they, they, they don't want to look at the real issue, right? And, and so y- you look at that for what it is. Um, you know, it's a really piece of shit move because they lied to the people. They get them there, and listen, to Martha's Vineyard's credit, you know, those people, once they found out that they were there, they, you know, jumped into action and helped them with, you know, shelter and trying to figure out jobs and trying to figure out what the next move is. And so, and people are just like, oh, well, you know, I mean, Martha's, and Martha's Vineyard isn't what people think that it is. They think it's filled with all these wealthy people that are here, you know, that go there to vacation everything, and there are plenty of wealthy people that go to Martha's Vineyard because it is a relatively, you know, pretty place. stuff. Um, but there are a lot of like older people who are not wealthy, right? There are a lot of people who have been who have lived there for you know their entire lives that aren't wealthy, um, and it, you know it's actually m- most of the people there are lower middle class, um, and they're older, um, you know by by all standards and accounts. And so, but they did jump into action. They did help these people, um, and now, but that that's not the solution, right? Like taking immigrants and then spreading them all all across the country you know, for political gain isn't the solution. And, you know, not doing anything about the border isn't the solution. Building a wall isn't the, isn't a solution. It's a very complex problem that people in D.C. and Texas and these border states need to come together to start to really think about how to solve for it, right? It's a humanitarian effort in these countries where these people are coming from. It's you know, figuring out what to do at the border to prevent the human trafficking and the drug trafficking. It's figuring out to do with the people because no matter what you do for the next 10 to 15 to 20 years, you're still going to have people trying to escape really bad conditions. So how do you deal with that? And I don't necessarily have the answers, but the people who have the ability to impact these situations need to start sitting at the table and having real conversations to come up with solutions on how to fix it. But that's not what they want. No, right? I mean, it's, it's, and, it's and listen, war, and, 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 and listen, I put, like, there, there's blame to go on Democrats, right? I'm, I'm, like, what DeSantis and Abbott and those people doing, they're doing is disgusting, and, and they're not helping to solve for the problem, right? Um, but the Democrats aren't doing much, and if you're a governor or mayor in the city where this doesn't impact you, you're in Chicago, you're in Boston, you're in New York, and you're not seeing the same type of immigration, Right then, either stay out of it or start offering fucking solutions. Right, like there, there's there's there there is something to be said for what they're because they're not. It's DeSantis took it to a whole new level, right? Like they were just like a lot of these people, whether it's Lightfoot in Chicago or you know the you know some of your previous mayors and some of your in you know New York or whatever, you know throwing their two cents in. It's just like whoa 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 hold on you know like back up, right? But we we do need. Uh, overall, we need to start to address this. And I think there's a lot that needs to go into it that's not happening right now because of the culture war, because people are trying to one-up each other in the media as opposed to actually solving the problem. Yeah, I mean, that, and unfortunately, that 
I don't see that train no. <laughs> changing tracks. It's, no, it, I mean, we're so far down the hole. Just make sure the other guy looks worse than you. I mean, we're seeing that in Ohio with J.D. Vance and, and, and Tim Ryan. The commercials and the attacks yeah. or whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's no longer about here's what I can do for you. Here's what my platform is. It's here's how bad this other guy is. Now, right. in the case of J.D. Vance, he is that bad. So, right. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's not like it's not hard. I mean, he's teeing it like he has for the last couple of years. He's been teeing it up, you know, for any opponent to be able to, to do exactly this. And so... Um, we'll see how that works, but I mean, it's just—it's a sad situation for those people. But you hope that things work out for the people that were shipped to Martha's Vineyard. But look, this isn't the first time, right? Like, I mean, Abbott has been sending busloads of people to different places, whether it's Chicago or New York or whatever. And to the, you know, some people will say like, you got to do something to get the attention. And you listen to that extent, something does need to be done. We need more action. We need Biden and his administration to be. To, to be able to walk and chew gum. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. And yes, inflation. And yes, the war in Ukraine. And yes, chips and, and microchips and all the other shit. But, you know, like, you, it's, it's, you got a lot of people at your disposal, right? And, and you have to be able to show that, you, you're, that people are working on this. Like, I know Kamala Harris was assigned by Joe Biden to really work on this. And I don't know what the hell she's doing. I don't, right? I mean, she, she's, you know, she's not been in the media much. And, and I think... Part of that is because I don't think she plays all that well in the media, right? Like, I think there are a lot of, you know, your black thought leaders, right, will, are going to prop her up because, you know, she's black and, and, and Indian or whatever. But at the same time, like, where is she? What is she doing? Right? And, you, well, you're just calling her. I'm calling her out because she's got a fucking job to do. And I don't know if she's fucking doing it. Right, like if she is, then if she is, then by all she's means, not, she's not selling it. <laughs> right, she's not doing a good job of selling it. Right, and so if she is, just 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 tell me what you're doing, and if you're not doing it, then get the fuck on it because you got a couple years here. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, I think she's been kind of a, you know, she came off as such a firebrand during the uh, debates, and she's been essentially non-existent. She had she had one. One moment, highlight yeah. moment in the debates, and she which kinda, was attacking Joe which Biden. Which was attacking Joe Biden, oddly enough, and then she kind of crashed and burned after that, and now she's the vice president, and it's just like, all right, what are we doing, right? Like, yeah, we, yeah, Joe, we did it. Okay, now what are you doing? Um, and I think it's fair to to call her out on that. And again, if she's got a laundry list of things that she's done that are accomplishments worth noting, then someone please point them out to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm not going to push back and say here's her list of accomplishments. I don't know either, and it's she has been virtually invisible, and when she has shown up, she hasn't looked great. Right. I mean, um, it's just like it just she hasn't, which is disappointing. I mean, I thought I thought she had the chops for it, and I mean, I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong, but you know, I was wrong. Like I, I, I don't like if Joe. I mean, Joe Biden's probably going to end up running again uh, against Trump. Unfortunately, <laughs> if he doesn't, I don't think that she should be the nominee. And that's definitely not automatic. I don't think either of them should run again. We've had, we've had yeah, we've, we've had it, but I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, right. So let's talk about, about right wing media uh, red meat in the Chicago purge law, which is a mislabeled. Situation. Well, it's the safety. First of all, it's the safety act, right? Right, and and people are calling it the purge law. Um, you know, and and it's essentially it. it the main component is that they're eliminating the cash bail system and, and, and especially for lower income people because it isn't fair, it's not right, and it's unconstitutional what happens, right? And I can speak directly to this 
because I've worked directly in the criminal justice system and I've seen it. In Chicago. In Chicago. I've seen people, right, who go in, who get picked up on charges. They don't have the money for an attorney. The, 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 you know, the public defenders, and I can speak to this as well, these public defenders have caseloads of hundreds of cases, right? Like, I mean, you go in as a first-year public defender, you are going to have a hundred different dockets, right? I mean, there are a hundred different cases on your docket, right? Within your within the first couple of years of working there, and it's only going to grow from there. Um, some crimes are serious, some are less serious, but you've got people who've been sitting in jail waiting for their day in court for years, right? Multiple years, right? And, we, you know, you've got a right to a speedy trial in the Constitution. It's right sure. there. Waiting in a county jail for your trial or for your case to be adjudicated for years is not a speedy trial by any stretch of the fucking imagination. And so, you know, whether it's Chicago or New York over at Rikers Island, like you're violating people's constitutional rights by keeping them in jail because they can't afford to pay bail, right? And so this is something that absolutely needs to be addressed because it disproportionately impacts, you know, lower income people and a majority of them are black and Hispanic, right? Period, point blank, the end. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, you know, there's concerns because people are like, oh, you're going to let all these, you know, criminals out on the street and they need to be locked up and there's just going to be a wave of crime because you have all these criminals out on the street who are going to terrorize everyone now because they're not being locked up and held in jail, um, you know, because they, you know, like before they could be held because they couldn't afford bail. Now there's nothing to stop them from running the streets and everything else. And I think that is there some truth to that? Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a decent percentage of people who, you know, aren't going to be in jail. They're going to get out because, you know, like because you eliminate bail and they're probably going to end up offending again. Like, it's just it's just what it is. Um, you, you can't ignore that. But there's also some other aspects of this law that need to be taken into consideration before you're before you go down the path of, you know, all hell is breaking loose and there's no law. Like, listen, there will be prosecutorial prosecutorial discretion in the way of the judge, right? Making these decisions on whether a person should be kept or not, right? And they'll look at rap sheets. They'll look at what the crime is. They'll look at, you know, is this person, uh, are they a candidate to flee, right? Is, is, there, is there a real probability that this person is just going to skip town and leave, which actually doesn't happen as much as you think that it would, right? Which for a lot of these people, they're fucking stupid, right? Like, you know, it's just like, all right, I'm going to run from the law, but I'm going to just go down the street to my aunt's house, right? Like, motherfucker, you better get your ass to Canada or Mexico, and you got a better chance of going to Mexico than you do to Canada. Um, but, you know, like, it's, it's that, that's one aspect. But then the judge is also going to look at, again, like, what did you do? What's... What have you done in the past? And, you know, are you a truly a danger to society? Now, look, a lot of times these judges make really bad decisions, right? Like sometimes these judges are trying to clear their own docket. And sometimes some will, and what you're going to have, I promise you, is you're going to have some judges that are going to look at this and everybody's going to stay in jail, right? Like everybody that they come across, like they're like, yep, you're a risk. You're a risk. You're a risk. You go to jail. Some judges are going to be way too lenient. Right, like they're going to hear a little bit of a sob story, or they're going to, you know, the, the attorney's going to come up and say, "Oh, he's got kids, he's got this, he needs to be able to work, all that other stuff," and they're going to let everybody go. And you're going to, there's going to have to be some balance that they're going to have to find. Um, and you know, the reality is, you are going to have people that are going to get arrested, that are going to be let out, and that are going to reoffend. And a lot of people are going to look at that and say, "See, had you not," but then there will be, you know, 
a hundred other people for that one person who were just fine and were able to get things sorted out. And a lot of times what happens is you throw a person in jail, you don't let them out. So what can't they do? They can't go back to work. They can't take care of their obligations. So then, then they get all these other additional charges, right? Like a lot of times it's, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, child support, support. Okay. Um, a lot of times like, or they, like some of the conditions of, of previous releases are you got to work, you got all this other stuff. So they, they, they end up being, you know, double and triple impacted by getting additional charges, like where if they if they had bail and they could get out, they could take care of these things, and then they wouldn't get the additional charges, and then they wouldn't be in jail longer, right? No matter how their case gets adjudicated. So now you can solve for some of that, but there is a risk. There is a risk of a criminal offending again once they're out, but I think you've done so much damage by keeping j people in jail unnecessarily for so long that the pendulum has to swing the other way, right? And, and it, it's on these judges to really make good decisions in terms of who they let out versus who they don't and being fair. And look, if you get a person that you let out on bail but they reoffend, then now you gotta throw their ass in and you gotta keep them in, right? Some of this is on the people, right? Like if you do something stupid and you get caught, right, and you're let out and you're waiting on going to trial or whatever, then it's probably not a good idea to start selling drugs again. It's probably not a good idea to steal something again, to rob something, or to rob someone, or to, to beat your girlfriend, or whatever, right? Like, it's on, there, there is, there has to be some individual responsibility here, and then, like, if you got a person who gets let out, they reoffend and they go back in, I do not want to hear shit from the progressive liberal that's just like, oh, the system is racist. No, your client's an idiot, right? That person is an idiot, and I don't know what the fuck you want me to do, but I'm not going to continue to let that behavior persist if... We say you don't have to pay cash, you just have to show up to court, and instead they decide to not show up to court and do something stupid. Yeah, you're, I'm, all that's going through my head right now is Khalif Browder. Yeah. So, Khalif Browder, if you don't know the story, uh, I think he was 17 when he gets arrested. Oh, uh, he for, was younger than that when he got arrested. Okay. And I think, uh, did he die at 17? I think he died at 17. Okay. Anyway, if you don't know the story, New York City arrested for allegedly stealing a backpack, says he didn't do it. Because he didn't have bail money, he gets put in Rikers Island, spends, I think, two years in Rikers Island yeah. without ever getting a day in court. Because he, he, And they said to him, just plead guilty and you can go on your way. It's like, no, I didn't, I didn't do this. And ultimately gets, you know, deals with the hell that is Rikers Island and commits suicide uh, shortly after. Um, in a terrible way. Like yeah, he, it, he literally he hung himself outside of his apartment window using uh, an air conditioner. A core, a core, core from, from an air, air conditioner. conditioner, yes. I mean, exactly. Um, and, and so and that's what I'm thinking of when I hear right. this. Like, okay, you're right. There are people who are going to get out, and there are people who are just dumbasses and dirtbags who were like, got arrested for got whatever. Got a pass. And, and, yep. and took advantage of it, and that sucks. And, and it, you count on the judicial system to prevent that. You, right. you hope that they can do that. Having said that, I'll deal with, you know, it's so, it's, so, it's so easy for me to sit here and say, well, I don't care if someone re-offends because I'm not the victim of that re-offense. Right. You know, if, 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 if a murderer... Well, that, I mean, that's a legitimate concern. But to say, like, and the issue with Khalid Browder is, in reality, he probably should have never been arrested in the first place. Exactly. 
right? Like, I mean, like you're, you're dealing with a kid, hell right? Like who, who, you know, he says he didn't do it, and like, and I forget the exact details of it, but it did, like it was over a book bag, right? Essentially, like whether he stole something, put it in his book bag, or they thought he stole the book bag or whatever yeah, it was. But either way, like chances are he probably shouldn't have been arrested, right? You're talking, and then. You got to find some other way to deal with that, as opposed to throwing a teenager into fucking Rikers Island. Right. So like that for years. For years, right? Like so, you have a whole other issue with Khalif Browder. But then, like why he can't get out is this whole idea of cash bail. You know, I mean, he's from an under right. under right. you know underserved, underprivileged family. He goes in, he can't get himself out, so he spends all this time there, completely. And Rikers Island is a place that would destroy, that has destroyed many grown ass men. Yeah. Right. And so it's not going to be any better for kids. And that kid paid the ultimate price with his mental health, his overall physical health. And when he got out, he just like he just couldn't readjust and unfortunately took his own life. Um, And you're right. That is an example of why this system needs to be fixed. And for all those people saying, uh, well, all these bad things that are going to happen. Like, look, I can give you a laundry list of all the terrible things that happen because of cash bail. Right, people that were beaten, people that were killed, people that killed themselves waiting for years in jail for their day in court. They weren't guilty. We don't know that they were, they weren't, like they never had a chance to actually defend themselves. We don't know what happened, but what we do know is that with the amount of time that they spent in jail because of their inability to pay the cash bail system, they had this irreparable harm done to them. Yes, right, whether exactly. it was a beating or whether they, whether they killed themselves, whether they were killed, whether they were raped. You know, what, all these sort of things that happen. Just held away from their fa- you know, right. Just put existing. Put them in the box for a month and take take their life away from them for a month, and expect them to bounce back. Right. And and much 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 worse has happened. I mean, yeah. just, you, know, you take some away from them. Okay, you've lost your job. You've lost you know. Right. You've whatever, lost your job, family, your kids, girlfriend, whatever. kid, all yes. that sort of stuff that you that you lose, and then it's just like, all right, now how do I put the pieces back together? And because, and you have the people like I know this is this is weird, but there are innocent people who are wrongly accused, right? It it happens yeah. on a, on a semi regular basis, and or they're not guilty of that particular thing that they're accused of. Maybe they're guilty of something in that case, but the charges don't need to be as extensive as they are or whatever. But they never get a chance to really deal with it, or they end up pleading to something that they don't need to plead to because they, they, they at some point you just, they, you get broken by sitting in jail when you shouldn't be there. Yeah. I, and, and so whether this law is perfectly written or whatever, clearly maybe not, but. And then it, there's a couple other aspects of it too that I just want to throw out there. Cause this isn't just this, this idea of just letting people run free. There's also training and decertification. So the training is directly, is dealing with the police, right? Like the, like there's additional training that the police need to go through, um, in the state of Illinois. This is an Illinois law. It's not just Chicago, but obviously Chicago being the most well-known city in the state and the one with the most issues in terms of crime. Um, you know, police officers need to go through additional training and, you know, there's also a decertification process of the police officers if they're found, um, to have violated certain, you know, rules and, 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 and or laws, um, that I think is also beneficial and not being talked about enough, but those are also critical parts of part crit, critical parts of the Safety Act in Illinois um, that's being called called the Purge Law um, by uh, a lot yeah. of your con- conservative yeah, exactly. right wing. I mean, they're doing those. They're letting those liberals want to let murders go. They want to defund the police. I'm like, all right, fine. Now look, it's now red, look, it's red meat. Now it's it, it is, but I mean, it, look. 
there's something to it where, and especially like in a place with Chicago, like, look, let's not play any games that Chicago has all these people that are just committing these, you know, they're not just committing like part, it's not parking tickets and jaywalking. Right. Um, you know, I've been there, I've seen it and, and literally had to deal with it firsthand. Uh, so you do have some pretty hardened criminals there, drugs, gangs, violence. It is very real in Chicago. Let's not act For like sure. it's not. Right. Um, and so there, there is a level of concern within in that city, especially in certain pockets of that city, of why this this could definitely be a problem. And so, you know, that shouldn't be ignored or swept under the rug. But again, it's more than just this law. And Chicago has a lot of shit that they need to look at to figure out how to solve for those things. But that's, let's not dump all of that into this one particular thing and say this thing is going to be the fall of mankind. Right. right. No, I agree with you. And, but, it, you, I mean, no one would argue Chicago has a lot of issues going on. And, and the you know, street violence in Chicago is, uh, you know, the poster child for gang violence for a reason because it's got a lot of problems. So there's neighborhoods in Chicago that are, you know, Cops won't even go into. Yeah, so. I mean, there's listen. There's, there's, I mean, they're war zones. They're absolutely war zones. Um, especially, you know, at night when the sun goes down. Especially in the summertime. Um, I've been in those neighborhoods. I've been, uh, I've been around. Like I've, I've had to duck the gunfire. I've, you know, been, you know, around some shady characters. Like it, it's, it's a real thing. Um, but we can't look at like there's, there's a lot of solutions. And there's a lot of solutions out there for the different problems. And so when some of those solutions come, um, we need to look at them holistically and not just take them for, again, what can we use for political gain? Right. And, and, that's, and that's, that's why I want to talk about this so yeah. much. Is I, when I first heard about this, I'm like, okay, what's the rest of the story? And the rest of the story is cash bail creates a different set of problems. And, and, and one of the biggest problems we have as a world is saying, well, the problem is this. Right. Well, there's a there's a, 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 a butterfly effect. I mean, right. this happens, well, that impacts this and this and this. There's no simple answer. But getting rid of holding people in prison or holding people in jail without due process for extended periods of time is an important thing because it disrupts lives yeah. without I mean, even giving people due process. And look, I mean, we have entirely too many people sitting in prison cells, cells in the United States. Right. I mean, like we, we, we lead, lead the, the world, we yeah. lead the world in it. Um, you know, and, and, and what's crazy is a lot of these conservatives feel like there should be more people in jail. Right. Like they want more people in jail. They want more prisons. They want more police. And it's just like, look, that is like that's not going well for you. Right. Like it may make you happy to see all the little black faces in jail cells and prisons, but it's it's literally destroying you from the inside out. Because yes, it's in the urban center, it's in it's in these black neighborhoods, and you're just like, I don't live there, so it doesn't affect me. But it's corrupting, like the issues there are seeping out into the rest of society, and manifesting itself in different ways that you don't necessarily think impact you now. But look, all it takes is one of these cops from Chicago or Cleveland or you know inner city New York or whatever 
to then go out into the suburbs and say, all right, I've had enough of dealing with Chicago. I've had enough of dealing with Cleveland. I'm going to go into the suburbs, but I'm going to treat the people in the suburbs like I treated the people in Cleveland. Because if they did that and they did it to you, you would not like it. Right. right. And, the, and, and we've seen it happen here in Cleveland, in Ohio, and some of these suburban cops who they leave, they transfer out of Cleveland, they go, they go to Solon, they go to Strongsville or whatever, they take shit way too far in those particular neighborhoods, and people are like, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? Why, like, you can't do that here, right? Well, if he can't do it here, he probably shouldn't be doing it there, and therein lies the problem. And a lot of times we're talking about nonviolent drug offenses, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yes. that's the biggest thing. In, in, I mean, I have a THC pen in this house. Okay, fine, I have two. Stop looking at me like that. Fine, three, but only three. And <laughs> you, you are telling on yourself. I'm not doing anything. I, I know, I'm just having fun. But I'm, I'm just trying I, to figure I, out where I, you're going. Yeah, I, but the point is, I would step outside and hit my weed pen and not think a thing of it. If you did the same thing in East Cleveland, you'd be taking a much bigger risk. And look, even with the non-violent drug offenses, I think a lot in a lot of the cops that I talk to, like they don't necessarily care about that. What where where these guys get really sort of get in trouble and and a lot of people get themselves in trouble is you got people out there maybe driving illegally, right? Or driving on suspended licenses or whatever. And then like so the police pulls them over, they run the plates and you know, the issues come and then yes, they have drugs in the car or they Maybe they have a gun in the car or whatever, which the whole gun in the car gets more complicated now because of the laws right. in Ohio. But all of a sudden, like, things compound really quickly, right? And then you've got, you know, these, these interactions that are, that should be very, that are, that are commonplace, that happen on a daily basis without issue in a lot of other places. But because a lot of our cops aren't, are not worried about de-escalation, they're not worried about keeping things calm they feed into these really tense situations and then they go bad, right? And, and, and that's where... And then they need to pile on the charges. Right, and then, and they, and, right, and then they yeah. start piling it on. And, and so it's a, a... Again, there's not any one easy way to fix it because from the cop's perspective, and this is also real, there are a lot of dangerous people out there who drive illegally without insurance and, and maybe in stolen cars with guns and drugs and are willing to be violent and are not willing to go back to jail and the police have to deal with them. Sure. And that's very real. And so you have to take that into account when you're, when you're criticizing police because you have, a, you, you have enough people react badly to just seeing you and after a while you begin to anticipate that behavior, right? So how do you counteract how do you counteract just human nature to a degree, yeah. right? Like, so again, it's a complex problem. When we, when we used to talk to uh, Mike Wood about these things, like he would bring out like some of the things that they had to deal with, but he was also pretty level-headed about the realities of how often some of this stuff actually did happen, right? Like, so again, going back to what we were talking to with immigration, there are a lot of different components to this that require a lot, a lot of deep thinking. There's a lot of nuance to it, and if you're if you're if you're trying to come at it with this one thing is going to fix it all, whether you're from the conservative camp or the or the progressive camp, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna fix it, right? Like the, this no, is there's not, no there's no yeah. magic bullet, and right. and um, and we talked about this with, when you're a police officer getting lied to constantly, getting just 
you know, treated Dude, as a public defender, my own clients lied to me, even when they were innocent. It's like, bitch, why are you lying to me? I am here. I am literally your only friend in this motherfucker. Why are you lying to me? Right? You have the number of people who would, like, I would have their information. And these motherfuckers would give me, like, wrong names, wrong addresses. I'm like, I know where you live. Why are you lying to me? Like, it just, anyway. <laughs> That's all like it was held back for years. Um, all right. Let, we got to change gears because you have to go watch the Steelers play. Yes. And I respect that. Um, the Bills What's play on? Monday night. Oh, the Bills play Monday night. Okay, Monday that's night. why. Oh, yeah, so. that's why I'm so relaxed. Right. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? I, 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 for some reason, I thought they played. Okay, fine. Yes. Oh yeah, that's why I couldn't pick anybody from the Bills. And 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 yep. Okay. All right. So Michael Lindell got his phone seized by federal agents at a fucking Hardee's. And can we talk about one thing though? Uh, sure. I'm not even gonna do a Michael Lindell impersonation. Okay. So no. I love the Frisco Burger. At Hardee's. I love it. It's awful for you. It literally, I feel like eating more than one in a lifetime should probably kill you. But it's amazing. Now, I haven't had one in years. Literally years. And I know there's two Hardee's I know of. Neither of them are close by, which is good. Isn't there a new one right Oh, I didn't know that. So Okay, you're going to drive past but, You're going to drive past and go home. So. But... Uh, no, that's Arby's. Arby's, that's Arby's. That's Arby's. Hardy's, I'm sorry. Hardy's yeah. and Arby's yes, are two yes. completely different, different animals. Okay, yes, yes, they uh, are. But there, there are Hardy's that are that are not close to me, which is good. But I do love me a good Frisco burger from Hardy's. I don't even know if they still make it, actually. So, whatever. <laughs> but Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, and I don't know how this went down. They didn't arrest him, but they seized, no, his, seized phone, his phone, seized his laptop. But then he puts his thing out on Twitter, this, like, video where he's saying he doesn't have any mode, he has no way to communicate with anybody and all this stuff, but he's commute, like he's literally putting a video out live on Twitter, clearly on a cell phone or a computer or a tablet or whatever, right? And then also he's like, I don't know, I, all my inter- information is lost forever. I'm like, none of it is in the cloud? Like, you don't have any of that where you can access it alternatively? And you also own, even though you're absolutely insane, your company is worth millions, you can go buy all that stuff new, and you should be able to recover some of it, right, Mike? <laughs> Mike, he, he 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 is such a caricature. Like I, if 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 you were to make if you were to make a movie about crazy politics and make him a character in it, he would be the guy who would say, "Okay, that's too, too far. far. That's too far. You're just yeah." Now let me tell you what Mike Lindell has done for me as a person who is starting their own company and you know pushing through it have seen obstacles and everything else. What I've learned is that, look, if Mike fucking Lindell, (laughs) former meth addict and current crazy person, can have a multi-million dollar company, then, I mean, I think I got a shot. (laughs) Right? No excuses. Right? Like, I mean, I'm a a former drunk, right? But I think I there's, you know, I, I give, that ranks a little bit higher than being a former meth head. Um, and I've, I've got my quirks and things that I'm a little bit off with regarding, you can speak to many of them, Jim. I could. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy. But I'm not yes, point the fuck out you that. are. Uh, but I'm just saying that I, like, I, I just feel like if Mike Lindell can do it, then, then I've got a shot. Well, I'm, I'm glad he inspires you by being a psychopath and still succeeding, allegedly. I, who knows? Like, I could be still a meth head and broke, but we don't know. Honestly, I'd feel better if I found out he was still on drugs because he's such that a fucking lunatic. That he's would such help. a lunatic. It's right? And then you could be like, okay, it was a meth that did it. 
Yes. Right? You, I, I mean, I'm kind of hoping for that. Alcohol, believe it Right? Alone. Like, I just hope one day he breaks down or gets arrested or whatever, and it's just like, oh, he's got enough meth in his system to kill a horse. All right. Well, then, then that then explains then, it. Now, but the idea that it happened at a, a Hardee's. Now, unfortunately, I had Arby's in my head. Yes. So I was put, picturing the roast beef sandwich. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> we have the beef. Uh, like, now listen, if that's yeah, me, meats, I would meats. be like, look, I'll give you whatever the fuck you want, but if I've made this decision to go to Hardee's, I'm getting my fucking Frisco burger. Right? Like, so the so, issue is Frisco burger yes. versus. Um, it, all right. I, the concept is just so hilarious to me. Right? Like, so you guys waited to pull up on this dude at a Hardee's. <laughs> like, you don't want to do it at his house. You don't want to do it at his office. You don't want to do it anywhere else. You didn't want to do it when he was running let, around let, with Trump let, let, let at Mar-a-Lago. We're going to make that you, Frisco burger get cold on like you, Like, of all the places you <laughs> waited to pull up on this dude. Like, who made the decision to get him then? All right. Like, Has who was just like, his fat did, ass doesn't did, need did, another burger. Go get him now. Did he ask for no ice with his Diet Coke? But they did arrest him, no, right? They, they didn't no, arrest they didn't him. Did so I feel like he probably still should have been able, although, like, it depends on how hungry I was. Right, like if they got me before I ate and I was hungry, that thing with me would have went bad. It could have escalated. It would have went real bad. <laughs> if they got me after, I would have gave them whatever I want. I mean, they like I had my Frisco burger. You get me I after I, you get me after I eat or have sex. You can have whatever you want. Hopefully, not both of those things would happen at Hardee's with you. I'm not saying it hasn't. You're looking at me like Hardee's. Hardee's no. Another Hardee's. Okay, not good. a Hardee's. You can't say rallies though. Um, I can't. Well, I've never actually been inside at rallies. I haven't either. Um, I can't say but, inside of Taco Bell. <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, so there's actually two things I want to hit on before before you go watch watch your boys play. Russia and Ukraine is not something that's on our board, but that is changing dramatically. And well, so we talked about it a little bit last week. So there was a big like, and it, it was kind of happening. It had just happened like the night before, and you and I recorded. We talked about it briefly, but there was a huge shift. Like, so the U- Ukrainians went on an offensive and took back you know, thousands of kilometers of land that had been claimed by the Russians. And the Russians literally, like, it wasn't an organized retreat. Like, they were running, stealing cars, like, knocking down people and taking their cars. There were reports of Russians changing into civilian clothes to not be detected. Um, and Leaving behind tanks, leaving behind yes, ammunition. And, and the Ukrainians said their biggest issue is, like, the Russians left behind so much shit that, like, they need to move on to the next part of their operation, but there's so much shit that they don't want to just leave behind that they have to try to figure out, like, all right, how do we basically do these two things at once? Um, you know, there's also reports that the, that the Russians are literally pulling people out of jail, um, and, you know, they're trying to get, they're basically voluntelling them to, you know, join the Russian army in the fight. Um, and, look, plenty of people have said this, and I... I can kind of start to agree with it that, I mean, in, in, in theory and in concept, like Vladimir Putin has already lost, right? Like the expectation was that Russia was going to go in and roll Ukraine and be done with a week, within a week or two. This has dragged on for six, seven months. Um, you, you've, you, you had a recent terrible loss, right? With, with, you know, the Russians just experienced this really bad, embarrassing loss where their soldiers are having to literally run and flee in the middle of the night. Um, you're trying to pull people and, and force them into serving and, and fighting this war um, that I'm sure, like, look, if you can get out of jail, I'm sure it's a great motivator, 
But you know, if you're if you're going out to fight and you see all these Russian dead bodies coming back in, like that is not the ideal sort of situation. But I guess it's better than sitting in jail. And you have to wonder if you're a Russian prisoner, do you're just like hell yeah, I'll go and fight for you as soon as you get across the line, jump into so civilian clothes and just like I'm headed to Poland, get the fuck out of here. Right. Uh, I I don't know, but it's a it's a it's an interesting situation. Now listen. That being said, like the Russians still do have just a fuck ton more people, right? That they sure. can continue to throw at this. Now the question is, how effective can they be? And we did talk about this last week that a lot of the weapons that they're using are coming from Iran and North Korea. They're not the weapons themselves are not up to snuff. They're not as accurate. They're not as reliable. Sometimes they just don't fucking work. Um, you've got the Russian military that is just has proven to be. There are multiple reports coming from you know different news agencies, different you know reliable sources that the Russian fighters are not well trained. They're not disciplined. They they a lot of them don't know what's going on. Um, whether it's just orders that don't make sense or they just don't understand what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know what they're fighting for, what the goal is. Um, And Russia looks very bad here, and the only reason they're actually still in this fight is just because of numbers. They have the numbers to continue to fight, but how long will that be the case? And also, how long are the Russian fighters going to continue to fight? Right? I mean, like, you, you just had a number of them that just said, fuck that, I'm out. Right? So how how much longer are you going to be able to send them in to fight Right, where they're they're willing to do what they need to do to, to win this thing, and I, I don't know what the answer is, but you have to wonder. Eventually, do do does one of two things happen? Do 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 you start to see large numbers of your of your of the Russian military start to just to completely go AWOL and defect and just say fuck it, I'm done. And does someone higher up in Putin's inner circle decide that he's the problem? Well, a bunch of Putin's boys have been dying under less than what looked like natural causes. There have been folks falling the out dude, of windows. The dude or... that just fell off a boat. The right. dude that just fell out of a window. The dude that just fell off a roof. Like, first, can we can we come up with a different way for people? Like, you just like you. So you managed to get this really really successful group of inner circle Russian oligarchs that all are the clumsiest humans on earth. Get the fuck out of here. Like, come on. But, 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 the, but this is Putin. He I doesn't know. try to... I mean... When, he's when, not trying... I mean, he's... he's, 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 he's like they, but they I always have nothing throw, to do with this. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like, they, they always throw in the, like, yeah, we think it was suicide or accident or whatever. I don't know. Well, we'll, let you, we'll, we'll let you know when the paperwork comes out. Yeah, yes. when, the, when the autopsy report is... That, uh, that's, a, that's a line from Casablanca. He's either yeah. committed suicide or died trying to escape. Yeah. We, haven't decided, we haven't decided yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, it's it is interesting to see where like how this goes. You know, can this be a huge turning point for Ukraine? I mean, I think it is, but can they capitalize on it, keep the momentum going, and really force the Russians basically out of their country, and and really keep them out? And then what does this do to Russia? Right? Can Putin survive it? Um, you know, can he survive it and stay alive? Like, does someone kill him or? You know, is he? It, you know, is there just a complete Russian uprising against him, and they push him out? I, I, I have no idea. Did, did you Did you think Vladimir Zelensky would still be alive today when this started? Because I didn't. Um, you know, I, 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 I didn't. I, he, I, I, I didn't. Don't, I don't think he did. Well, no, he didn't. And listen, but what he did was he fortified himself, right? Like oh, he's absolutely. not hiding. No. But I mean, sure. he he's. You know, I mean, he's he's out there, but he has made sure that he's protected, and 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 the Ukrainian government has made sure that he's protected, because why wouldn't you think that Putin would come after you? Right, right. And so, um, you know, he, yes, I mean, I think 
No, I, I did think that they were going to come after him, but I had no idea how that would go. Um, and it has not gone well for the Russians at all. And, it, you know, it, you just have to wonder, the longer this thing draws out, really what, at what point is it, like, the, there's, there's nothing for the Russians to gain, right? Like, I mean, you can even make that argument now, like, especially because they're losing whatever ground they gained over the last six months, you know, losing a large percentage of it. Um, and a lot of people seeing the weakness of the Russian army, um, the, just how inept they are in a lot of sense and, and where their, their, morale, is, their morale, but where their equipment is and everything else. I mean, like, Russia really exposed themselves here in a lot of ways. And the question is, like, even if it ends up where Ukraine's just like, all right, this thing is done. Like, we'll give you this particular little section over here. But you got to leave us the fuck alone. And Russia, like, how exposed is Russia? I don't And I don't think anybody else in Europe wants to go into Russia. You know, I don't think they no, want to do that. No. But, like, I mean, now, for now when Russia does their saber rattling, they're just going to, like, shut the fuck up. Like, we just saw what happened to you. You know, Dave, Dave from Philly sent me a tweet or a text saying uh, 50,000 Americans died in Vietnam in 10 years. 50,000 Russians have been killed in Ukraine in six months. Yeah, no, I mean, look, we don't know the exact we don't, numbers. We don't. We don't. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's you got to be, yeah, you have to look at all that skeptical eye. But he's right. Look, I mean, the Russians have taken some really heavy losses that I think they definitely didn't see themselves taking. And the question is, how many more of those losses can they actually take and continue to have soldiers that are willing to go out there and continue to be the next one? Right. You know, that right. comes back in a body bag. You know, I mean, and you got to wonder how many Russian families are like, is this worth losing my son over? You know, hundred percent. And yeah, I, well, back to the beginning of this discussion. We got to wrap it up, B. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Kick off to that, <laughs> but sorry. Um, but yeah, we, Russia expected to roll through this in a week. Yeah, we expected to roll through Iraq in a week. And well, yeah, when you I expect mean, to do something in a week, it never happens in a week. All right, before we go, Ken Starr died this week. Ken Starr, in my opinion, is, is was a despicable piece of shit. Oh, um, um, sorry, was that too offensive? Uh, yeah, I mean, but Ken Starr, I mean, he, he led the, the whole thing against Bill Clinton with the immigration, or the immigration, <laughs> uh, the impeachment and all that stuff. And, um, I don't have much to say other than, okay, um, you, you know, rest in peace or whatever. Um, you know, no, Monica, Rush, uh, someone to play chess with or checkers with and hell, fuck you both. Uh, yeah. It, it was interesting to see Monica Lewinsky's, uh, uh quote, which she, she took the high road best she could. Um, you know, she just brought yeah. up that he basically made her life hell for, right. you know, yeah. 20 years. And, um, you know, she was just a kid when that happened. Like, I, the yeah. more I think about it, like, how fucked up that whole situation is, like, ooh, Bill. Like, she was she was really young. And then everything that she went through and put, like, oh, my God. Like, I just can't even imagine. But anyway, um, yeah, so Ken Starr is no longer with us, and I think he had gone to Baylor and was like, yeah, he was. In he, there, I think he was there during this like cover-ups. Yeah, the, like yeah. he was there during some pretty shady shit as well. So it's just like he and he was a pretty, I, you know, MAGA Trump supporter guy as well. So he was actually a Trump lawyer, but my guess is he stopped being a Trump lawyer when he wasn't getting paid. But that's speculation on my part. Mm. But he was part of the first impeachment team. Right. Um, anyway, we're acknowledging that. Ken Starr has passed away, um, and I just consider him to be a despicable human being. Um, so, yeah, not exactly. Yeah, well, you know, oddly, I am tearing up, but that's because of my allergies and not anything to do with Ken Starr. All right, we are at Weekly Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Steve needs to go home and watch the Steelers. 
We're done.